Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my discussion about why PvE needs questline legendaries that have really unique perks in the way that they did with the Lunas Howl, the Broadsword, and the Not Forgotten. My main issue isn't that I think we deserve a Lunas Howl. I think it's great and a good success story for PvP that these weapons exist and serve as really, really good carrots. I would like to see similar things done in PvE. I'm basically applauding something Bungie came up with as a cool investment grind in the game, and I just want more of it. Uh, I'm not actually arguing against PvP having good stuff. I think they should get stuff like this every season. I think it proves that strong weapons make for very strong motivators. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash Rage, or follow me on Twitter, at Rage if you want to interact with me there. Uh, as with all of my content, you can share the podcast with people that you think might like it because they are on all those different areas so let's go ahead with the first question if you are watching this and wonder what the frick i'm doing i'm farming for an ether doctor in the winding cove lost sector on the edz and we got a crooked fang instead crooked fang is actually a great weapon if you get the right roll so first uh question do you think crucible should be able to get the 1k voices if not why no because you may be this was a very very early submitted question you may be kind of fundamentally misunderstanding my argument in that i'm not asking for pve players to just be able to get a lunas that's not what i'm asking for i think compartments of the game having their own unicorns having their own treasured carrots to chase is a good thing so the 1k voices is the the unicorn of the raid and it should it should stay that way it should 100 percent stay that way you don't want to unseat that. So I, I, I am glad that my PvP compadres and friends have really cool things to chase. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you then make... E- well, I because we want things like the loot is how, you should be able to get the 1k voices just by playing PvP. That hurts loot incentive. You want diverse loot incentive. That shotgun, the Mindbender shotgun that people were going for because it's a really good PvP shotgun... Again, you don't want to unseat that and be like, well, I should be able to get the Mindbenders just by running public events. No, it's a loot that, it's a piece of loot that's, that's, that's coveted and desired after, and it's got an area where you can get it. Instead of, you know, instead of just like, oh, it's everywhere, you can get it anywhere, you know. Now, I am seeing some feedback in, in chat that the game's PvE-oriented, PvP folks uh, don't have much to grind for other than a Luna's grinding for Nightfall Raids isn't the same as grinding PvP because the latter is more skill oriented. My only pushback on that is we're all running through a content loop. We are all running through a content loop and you can require skill in the PvE content loop. Uh, all you got to do is look at the Shattered Throne for proof of this. So if you want to have somebody running through a content loop that gets them to something that is coveted with a nice perk like the Luna's Howl, you could tie it to something like the Shattered Throne that requires skill. Maybe have them do it solo. Maybe Solo Flawless is like the the real, real big, big ender that makes it so, so hard to get so not as many people can go after it. Again, again, since this game is so heavily oriented to PvE, I don't think you're going to win an argument with the community that there should be nothing highly coveted in PvE. That's the big problem right now. Watch my, my watch my review of the raid loot. There's nothing that impressive in the raid. 
I mean, look at my energy weapon discussion about how there's a major problem of diversity in loadouts and diversity of perks right now and power. Weapons don't feel that significantly different or stronger than year one weapons, and that's a problem. If all you're going to do is argue against loot pursuit in a loot pursuit game, no one's going to agree with you. I am saying that PvP deserves those loot pursuits every season, but so does PvE. We need better perks, we need unique perks, we need strong perks, and they make for the best motivators, as we've seen with Luna's Howl, Not Forgotten, and the Broadsword. So you don't understand the game that you're playing if you're wanting to constantly say that PvE shouldn't get good loot pursuits because you already have a bunch of the loot. You're making a quantitative argument, and I'm making a qualitative argument. Just because I have more guns to chase doesn't mean they're worth chasing. A lot of the reason there's so much more loot on the PvE side of things is because everything's doubled. Everything's doubled. The Misfit and the Ether Doctor. Same gun, different slots. One's energy, one's kinetic. Right? Everything's doubled. It's not a fair comparison. You know, the Trackless Waste and then, I forget the name of it, uh, the, the Rebel or something like that. I forget what it's called. Um, there's, there's, there's so many guns that are just automatically doubled in this game. So, uh, T-Funk, if PVE got a Luna's, a strong primary in the energy slot, would you take off EP shotgun? See, this is, this is exactly why I'm making this point, because it gives an opportunity for things like that to happen, right? Right now, if I take off Ikelos shotgun, bad reputation, thank you, the, uh, the trackless waste, and then the bad reputation SMG are the same. Right now, if I take off my Ikelos shotgun and I put on what somebody might consider to be like a unique primary weapon, the curated Nation of Beasts, Outlaw, Dragonfly, and Light Mag, right? Let's put this on. This thing is not worth putting on against the backdrop of virtually every other hand cannon that I can get. I have a better Devils with Outlaw, Opening Shot, and Drop Mag. That's not really the one I typically use. The one I use has Outlaw and Kill Clip on it. So this Nation of Beasts, number one, no unique perk. Number two, the perks on it are not strong enough to warrant using this and unseating Ikelos shotgun. Well, just don't use Ikelos. Okay, what am I going to use up here? Like the, 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 the Dust Rock Blues? That's it, right? And then there's that one really slow shooting shotgun that you can get from uh, Zavala. That's it. You're going back to a double primary setup just so I can use a cool primary? You know what I'm saying? So not only do they need to do that, like let's say they did what T-Funk's question is hinting at, like they put an energy hand cannon or an energy auto rifle in the game that's got some insane perk on it that I chase all season for, and then I get it and I'm like, oh man, this means I have to put my Ikelos shotgun down. I mean, I guess I would just get out the perfect paradox, but again, you're not achieving much there with respect to diverse loadouts. We need other options other than just shotguns that shoot really fast, you know? Give me a reason to run. Like I said, give me an energy SMG. It has less ammunition, but because it has less ammunition, maybe it gets some kind of damage buff. Because it's an energy SMG. It's not like, you know, a... Uh, it's not like a, a like a regular a regular SMG. It would work. It would function differently. Fusion rifles and snipers as, as well. So it's, this is, like this is again, this is attached to a bigger problem, but I'm more saying, hey, Bungie, you did a really good job with that. Do more of that. And then that gives them an opportunity to do what, what, what he's hinting at, which is upsetting the established order, which is year one gear. Year one gear is just, because people in chat are being like, perfect paradox. I'm like, yeah, that's year one gear. Again, uh, you're, you're using old gear. We want to use new gear. Black Armory could be, could have a lot of solutions and a lot of what I'm talking about in it. We don't know yet. 
Uh, Ninja Wave. If PvE had a perk that improves gun stats, range, stability, CC, with killing ads, but reverts on death, sought on such thoughts on such a concept. So it sounds like you're kind of getting at something that was similar to like the Anarchy perk in Borderlands, where you just your your gun is getting stronger and stronger and stronger, and if you die, it resets. But the the trade-off on Anarchy was, or if you reload, I think it reset. Uh, the trade-off on Anarchy was that you were really inaccurate. What you're saying is, the more things I kill, the stronger my weapon gets, as long as I don't die. The biggest problem with what you're saying is, a lot of the PvE content, you're heavily motivated to not die anyway. So when you're running the last, the last Wish raid... You're probably not dying all that often, which means you're basically having this perk that's active all, all the time. Uh, and the lost sector that the Dust Rock Blues drops from is right here. It is the Pathfinder's Crash. You can now highlight lost sectors on the map, and you feel and you'll see the name Pathfinder's Crash. It's right here in Firebase Hades on the EDZ. If you want to farm for a Dust Rock Blues, Nerdy Tech says. What do you think of the idea of exotic perks or something like an exotic mod to make your own weapon and armor combos? I don't mean that perks you get on exotics, but something exotic you can add to legendaries and armor to make your own sets more unique. Sorry, I'm not good typer. No, I understand what you're saying. You're saying, what about a spectrum of mods? So, like, you'd come in here and you'd have legendary mods and you'd have exotic mods. And the exotic mods would be significantly better. The only danger there is you basically can get into really dangerous combinations where you can turn a legendary weapon into, and this is kind of a problem we have now, is that legendary weapons generally are just better to use than exotics unless you're in the power slot, right? That's just generally the case. And so that would add more of that, that would probably add more of that dilemma is that you could basically make a legendary weapon that was stronger than the archetype sort of designed for and I think that'd be hard to balance I think it's better for Bungie to test things internally and come up with weapons that are really cool and really strong and then you grind for them with respect to like RNG I think the investment grind on weapons is right where you want it there are mods that make the gun nicer, cooler, snappier more stability, whatever and then there's the masterwork level 10 grind so I think the, the 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 marriage between RNG grind and investment grind on weapons is in a really really good place because you kind of do both. You're like, let me get this god roll, let me get this curated roll. If you get the curated roll, you don't have to master work it, but then you put a mod on it. But let me get this god roll, chattering bones. Like if I get an outlaw rampage, chattering bones, then I got investment grind after the RNG grind. I've got to level it up to masterwork ten. I've got to infuse it. I've got to put a mod in it. Now I'm investing in the gun. I think we've got a great combination already. This would make things tilted and hard to manage. And I don't think this is the solution. I think this would create more problems. It wouldn't solve much. I don't think. Uh, Ninja Wave. With Black Armory, with the idea of getting bounties to get an outlaw to your gun mod as a reward, thoughts? I mean, uh, this is where you could you could help us build better versions of weapons. So, like, let's say on a better Devils, I could get one with Kill Clip, and then I could ignore Outlaw and go for something else, right? 
I can ignore outlaw and be like, there's there's other perks I can get in that slot now. Why? Well, because I can add the outlaw mod to it. The, the only thought process I would have there is Bungie's really good at giving illusion of choice and they might just shift things around. It might be like a shell game. Well, yeah, you can add outlaw, but the other perks you can get in that in that slot are basically going to achieve what another mod would achieve. So you're not really doing anything different. All that does is give a little bit more player volition to be like, I didn't get outlaw, but that doesn't matter. I'm done farming now. I can put an outlaw mod on. It's just an even trade, right? I'm not necessarily against that, but again, I don't necessarily know if this gets at or attacks any of the problems I've outlined in my talk about needing a grind for unique perks like they got on the Luna's Howl, the Broadsword, and the Not Forgotten. It also doesn't get at the problem with the raid. You know, it also doesn't get the problem of a lack of perks and perk diversity and perk depth that makes diverse loadouts desirable and better than year one loadouts. This doesn't necessarily get at that problem because you're still working within the same framework of weapon modification. Outlaw, what's it do? It makes it reload fast. We already have that in the game and know what it does to an archetype. We know what it does to damage output of certain weapons. So you're not necessarily doing what I'm asking. You're just kind of shifting things around. It's kind of like fourth time's a charm. It's new, but it doesn't necessarily add anything. Same, but different. Same, but different. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just another version of triple tap that doesn't create a large difference in weapon efficiency or, or how a weapon handles or behaves. HMOG. What is an example of a good PvE quest for a pinnacle gun? How long should it take? Should it take, and would it be also solo-friendly? I soloed the Luna in about 20 hours. Okay, the fact that you could get Luna so fast is maybe getting at another problem we need to talk about. Smoking Skulls, thanks for three months. That's a blue badge. Welcome back to the Rageless. People hate time-gated stuff, but if it was a seasonal grind, and there were things that you could do all the time to push the, the quests along, while also having weekly things that push the quests along right that gives you diversity of interaction in the game you're like you're doing different things but it also kind of stretches the grind out so some nut some insane nutty person gets the gun like in two weeks uh 20 hours is fast that sounds pretty average yeah but again think about who's motivated to go get that a hardcore player 20 hours is nothing to a hardcore player Think about the motivator here, guys. Like, think about the target audience. Sure, to the to the to the normal day-to-day player, to the working mom or dad or the college student or the busy or the busy person, 20 hours seems like a lifetime. But to the hardcore player, 20 hours is is like what, a couple of weeks maybe? I mean, they could easily they could easily grind that out in a month. Let's say let's say 20 hours takes somebody about a month to get. That's not bad. That's not bad. I'm not saying that's like, that's broken fast, but it would be cool to see things stretched out. So number one, maybe Bungie wouldn't feel the need to make it art so, so insanely difficult. It is more about time investment and putting your, and putting your time in. And there is a part that requires some skill and requires some like, oh, wow, that was really hard. I'm glad that part's over. But also... Also, I would say there's room for being like, there's things you got to do each week and you can't really be done with the quest until week number five because that's the last time you need to do 
fill in the blank. So I know people don't like time-gated stuff, but I think sometimes that creates that elongated relevancy in playtime, especially if you're attaching it to the season. Like each season, they're kind of like injecting something new uh, into the game for us to chase, whether it's a gun, an exotic piece of armor, or something like that. Nova Hands, hey Lono, how do you create long-tailed PVE weapon quests that lands well in the community? Seems like PVE players tend to complain about long grindy quests here's where i'm gonna say sometimes bungie has to parse why there's a where the complaint is stemming from if the complaint is stemming from desire then i think that complaint is fine and you just kind of ignore it okay oh my gosh dude this grind for this exotic sword gee many freaking christmas bungie no that's fine that's stemming from desire. They really want it, and they're like, oh, yeah. man, oh, man. I think when complaint is coming from desire, that's fine. If complaint is coming from, like, an overstretched frustration or not really from desire, but like, man, this is awfully dumb that I have to do this, I think that's I think that's a different form of complaint. Waggly Wands with the brand new Prime sub. Welcome to the Rage. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes. You are dope and deserve dope stuff. Guys, remember when you sub to the channel, use our discord clan system and lfg system welcome so for me i think when you when you look at the complaint you have to put it into a category when i complained about the imago loop farm i did make actual criticisms of how there were too many layers of rng but i kept playing and i kept going for it why the complaint was stemming from desire and when you're dealing with complaints stemming from desire you have to make sure that is there legitimacy to the complaint or is it just somebody grumbling about having to do the thing right so when 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 someone complains about not getting a 1k voices right i see it all over twitter we've got people here in this community that can't get it i always think that's a completely good complaint that you want to see That's a good frustration. Why? It is stemming from a very strong desire and they keep going back and they keep playing. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. That's a different, in my mind, that's a different form of complaint. Now, if you want to talk about like, okay, the loot pool in the raid needs year one exotics taken out of it. That's freaking frustrating as heck. That's probably going to come in the update, and you also have to consider if the exotic drop rate's pretty high in the raid, that's not bad if you're trying to get some of the new exotics. Now someone might push back and criticize and say, okay, my complaint's coming from desire here, but I think this is like a valid criticism. I don't think when an exotic drops, it should supplant a raid drop. If you're grinding for a better roll on Chattering Bones, and you get a new exotic, that's really exciting, but it's like, I should still get, I should still get raid gear. Right? I should still get raid gear. So, I think there can be valid criticism within complaint that stems from desire, but I also think complaint stemming from desire doesn't automatically mean the grind is bad and we shouldn't do it. Four months from Ruku, I would have uh, brought uh, brought cake, but it's a lie. Thank you, and nice, uh, nice portal reference. Thank you for four months of subs. So to me... Whenever, whenever that complaint's happening, and this is where I think they misfired on a lot of the complaint from Year One Destiny fans. Year One Destiny fans really complained about grind, right? And as things progressed, people complained about never being able to get a god roll. But then they kept playing. So you have to parse that out. It's like, yes, they're complaining. Yes, they're throwing their hands up in the air and getting frustrated. 
but they're logging in every week and they're putting the time in because they really want the stuff. Well, that's a feather in your cap, right? You're trying to get people to play and play for long hours. Bungie's like totally swung in the wrong direction. People don't want grind. People want things to be more accessible. That's what they complained about, right? Yeah, they complained about it, but it was attached to desire. You just completely like took all of their desire and all of their loot pursuit right out of the game. There was no there was no god rolls anymore. There was nothing to farm for. There was nothing to chase. So they they misfired. So you don't always want to gut something from the game just because it's complained about. You want to parse criticism from desire and see how it could be maintained because man the nightfall specific rewards and the, and the random rolls that was such a vacancy in year one and that was something we all kind of complained about but we didn't want it completely gutted from the game hmong should bungie add a heavy legendary sniper mainly to match the strike element burn uh, as good as the current energy snipers are they feel more like shield busting weapons than dps because of the ammo type that they are well, yeah, and that's a problem. Like, I used a sniper on a on a public event boss the other day just to show people, and I was like, I'm literally tickling this guy. Drunk OMJ, thank you for 26 months. I'm playing Forsaken like I did in D1. Love it. Thank you so much, dude. Welcome back. Um, You... You, right now, when you use a, sli- when you use a sniper, it just doesn't feel like it's doing anything. So, yeah, I mean, I think snipers... I don't even think you need a heavy sniper. I think you need perks and damage increase to make snipers a whole lot better in PvE. Now, I'm not talking about, like, a damage increase so that you can go into PvP and shoot somebody in the leg and kill them. Um, So, her her supremacy has such good potential. It really does. There's some really great roles you can get on it. Again, your you're you're putting it in a slot where it hurts it and you're working within a, an existing framework right um you're those those perks are kind of already in the game so there's nothing really that makes it unique or uniquely strong since that's the main argument i've been making today is we need them to be uniquely strong to make certain guns or pursuits worth it prestos Lono, do you think if Kill Clip Grave Robber worked in unison, something like a shotgun would improve the EP shoddy issue slightly? I mean, maybe, but again, there, there's a bigger problem that I think matters a whole lot more. Unseating EP shoddy is valiant, and I want to see it done. I, I appreciate people that want to do that, but if you're unseating the EP shoddy with just another shoddy, you're kind of expanding on an existing problem, and that's that there aren't other energy weapons worth using, uh, and there's energy primaries that are just going to continue going to get stuck where they are. Will make it kinetic. Still, not a lot of loot diversity. Now I'm just using a nation of beasts and a different shotgun, and I'm playing almost exactly the same as I've been playing for a while. You know, give us that reason, not just to put down EP shoddy, but to put on an SMG, to put on a fusion rifle, to put on a sniper motivate more diversity in the loadout with either unique perks or damage changes or just how weapons work in general like what if snipers got a big big buff against bosses and the and shotguns got a nerf against bosses in general pellets from a shotgun i mean are you going to use buckshot against an elephant no you use buckshot against like tiny game that you're going to rip right through right weaker you know, weaker things that you're hunting. So a big, a big, heavily armored boss should be kind of chuckling at your and laughing at your your 
your pellets, but you start nailing them with a sniper that has something on it that is designed for, maybe it's a perk, it's designed for armor-piercing damage to a boss or something, now you've kind of upset the established order, and it's like, well, yeah, I want to run a sniper, it's actually really good, you know, for bosses, because... It, I'm not hitting them with these these pellets of the shotgun. The shotgun would still work exactly as you want it to. Oh, there's a major. Oh, there's a shielded enemy. Pull that thing out. Chung, 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 you know, and you rip through, and then you kind of pivot. So now you're kind of changing your loadout according to what you're going to be faced with, which is what we want to see. That's what we saw in a lot of the D1, especially in Wrath of the Machine. You pivoted from like galley to sleeper to dark drinker. You know, I was using a fusion a fusion grenade thing with the starfire protocol so i've got exotic piece of armor on and i'm using my super for damage these are things you like to see right completely different ways of approaching damage and grinding for the you know explosive rounds on the imago loop it wasn't necessary but it completely changed the vosic fight for me it made it so i could solo middle you know like it was nothing and these are things that you want to see in loadouts instead of year one loadouts permeating into the end game the way they are now uh, I think that I think that really really helps um, people feel that sense of that sense of reason to be to be in the game you know every day because it doesn't get so tired and repetitive because maybe there's other guns they want to go for because they want to try some of these new loadouts they've heard about right now it's hard to really justify doing that some of the times you know just run different gear just run different gear the the loot incentive for pinnacle gear and for god rolls and for and for chasing something that's rare, it should be power, not just for fun. You know what I'm saying? Aren't video games supposed to be fun? <laughs> it's all about the hobbyists. It's all about the enjoyment. It's all about the player's motivation. So. Light Leap. Do you think Luna's and Not Forgotten should be more tied to general PvP as the Redrick's broadsword? Uh, the problem of competitive... Uh, are still the same as season three and I don't understand why the same reward structure as the claymore was introduced for these two weapons I don't have a problem with the structure of getting those weapons no and I'm not I'm not really going to go down the rabbit hole of critiquing competitive or crucible right now because that's a little bit off topic I like on paper now maybe in execution they could tweak some things I don't know but maybe on paper they could tweak some things in the Lunas and the Not Forgotten grind. But, a but, at a ground level, I think they're kind of achieving what we want to see, which is not a lot of people are getting it, and it takes a while, and it's difficult. If you want a gun that's at that level, that's pretty much how it should be. Like, if you want the 1K voices, then you got to put in the time and beat the raid regularly. Like, that's the area that it is. You can't just farm the beginning bosses for it because it only drops in one place. You got to play the raid to completion and beat the, what's arguably the hardest encounter uh, in the Last Wish raid. The Riven encounter is the hardest. And that, you know, I think that's fine. I don't know the inner workings of the of the grind, so I don't know if there's like tiny adjustments they could make or any adjustments they could make that wouldn't really upset the people that put in the work that are like, man, you, you can't just start handing this thing out. This thing is supposed to be super rare and really hard to get. Um, you don't you don't want to overreach on accessibility ever because right now we're trying to drill down in the hobbyist sentimentality and people want to give me you know guff on my YouTube comments like stop arguing for the hobbyist. 
Well, that's why you got forsaken, and that's why the franchise isn't dead. Because hobbyists argued for their hobby, and the casualification almost killed this game. So, you keep arguing for casualification, that's not where we're headed anymore. We're headed towards the hobbyists, we're headed towards the time investment and the RPG and the grind. Why? Because that's what gives this game life, and that's what gives this game a player base. We tried casualification, and it didn't work. So, either either adapt to the style of the game or find the things that you want to chase and go after them and then enjoy yourself or play something else because this game's not going back to that ever again if you're arguing for casualification you hate when you see videos and talks about arguing for the hobbyist if that's your attitude you're going to continually not enjoy this game because that's where things are headed write it down it ain't going to get it ain't going to get casualified again it almost drug this game into into the fire and killed it. Yo, what's good, Clintus? Zarok says, do you think a PvE Lunas Hal should only be from the raid or from other PvE portions of the game? I think it could be a more diverse grind, so you're not just like slogging it out in the raid and then eventually you get it. I also think you would want the perk to clearly be PvE and it's bent. Like, the broadsword's arguably built for PvE more than it's built for PvP, and that's not something that you would want to have happen. You wouldn't want to have people spending all season long grinding for some dope auto rifle that in testing they somehow miss. This is actually a whole lot better for uh, for PvE. Like that's not, so- I'm, I'm sorry, PvP. That's not something you would want to have happen. Now it's okay to have guns like that. Like the Mindbender shotgun. Obviously grinding a Nightfall is something that PvP people, you know, players are probably not thrilled about doing. But again, the power justifies the pursuit, right? They're like, this is a really, really strong shotgun. It can grind with a really, really strong roll. I'm going after this son of a gun, right? Well, you wouldn't want to have like a seasonal long grind for a PvE weapon that didn't feel all that great in PvE, but felt more tuned for PvP. That would be pretty frustrating. So they need to make sure they don't misfire on that again, because I kind of feel like, at the very least, the good news is, is that the Lunas is clearly built for PvP and that's the more challenging grind, right? I think I think that's a I think that's in in the right spot. Broadsword's a little bit confused. Thankfully it's not nearly as hard to get, so you're not really stretching people to the breaking point where they're like, wait a minute, this is basically more built for PvE. So I and this is again room where you introduce unique perks. This is room to continue to divide the game. Man, they made such a strong weapon in PvE, and it didn't break PvP! Yay! You know? So, and uh, Clintus got his Lunas and hit Legend. Congrats, man. I know you were slogging it out to get that thing. So, congrats. Now you gotta go get the Not Forgotten. <laughs> uh, LeGreat Houdini. Uh, what do you believe the next expansion will focus on why? Diversity of weapons, storytelling, armor sets? I'm fairly certain that the Black Armory is focusing on weaponry, from what we've been told. Weapons from the Golden Age. And so that's where we're going to hopefully see some of that quality added, where people feel like, man, these guns are really, really good and worth pursuing. Uh, the, the lore and the story behind the Black Armory is definitely a weapons uh, in its focus. So... Spizzle Prime says, Glad to see that Luna's Hal and Redrick's Broadsword quest carry over through multiple seasons. Uh, yes, yes. Now, the concern would be, are they going to then be introducing new stuff every season? Because if not, that's going to kind of sting for the people that really put in the work. I think it's fine 
to extend accessibility. Now, when I say extend accessibility, I'm not talking about casualification. I'm merely talking about the ground level definition of the word. It's still accessible beyond that season. I think that's totally fine. Like when people ask me what should they do with the with with faction rally, I'm like the first time the week the week shows up, the weapons are available, and you have that sense of urgency. Then they go away, and then you gotta wait a month, and then the next time they introduce new weapons, faction rally week number two, the first set of weapons drop down into the general loot pool, so the accessibility is then extended, so people can go for them again, but you still maintain the urgency, right? I think it's fine for them to do that, but I'm worried like. Wouldn't you then need to then have something new to chase? The quest doesn't carry over, but it will be available still next season. So your quest progress resets, but you can try again next season. Is that what I'm understanding? Your progress doesn't carry over. Okay. So that's going to be pretty frustrating for people that get really, really close, but don't finish. That's going to sting. That's going to sting for people that get that far. Um, Again, that's rewarding for urgency, but then making it available again. Kind of in line with what I've said they should do with Faction Rally, uh, where you can always grind for the weapons and always grind for the cosmetics after they return to the loot pool, like the second week. You always trickle them down into the loot pool. So there's new new guns and gear to chase. There's that sense of urgency, you know. And again, random rolls creates that urgency. You're gonna need something at Dead Orbit, you know, some hand cannon that's like really really cool that people want to go for. Um, so Tulo, uh, says the problem I have with Luna's quest is that the hardcore PVP players are the only players who have access to all of the content in the game. I say this because I can easily raid and get any raid weapon that is viable, uh, in the crucible. How would you balance the crucible quest to make them obtainable by more of the player base? I wouldn't, I would not do that. Now I'm going to answer your question with a different solution. The broadsword should be should be more it should be stronger in pvp it should be than it is right the redrix doesn't quite feel like as strong as it should be okay so i would argue you have a really good spectrum in pvp right now broadsword accessible to most everybody put in the time luna's a little bit more difficult but with time and patience and grind, you can get the Lunas. And then the Not Forgotten, the freaking the Coup de Gras, right? The Unicorn with the extra sprinkles on top. I mean, that's it. I think that spectrum is perfect. And if you start arguing for dropping down that pinnacle Unicorn with extra sprinkles on top and making it more accessible, I'm going to tell you to sit down and be quiet. I'm going to say it nice and polite, but you're basically wanting to take us back to year one Destiny 2. Uh, make it casual, make it easier. No, they tried that. We tried your way and the game almost died. We're not going back. We're not. We're not doing it. We won't. We're not gonna let it happen. Why? Because the community responded to Forsaken. Look at the player base numbers. They responded. The numbers are up. The numbers are up almost two months after launch. Like this is the strongest Destiny 2 has ever been. We will never go back to that format of being like, here's your clan Ingram for not running the raid. Here's your here's your easy access to Pinnacle gear. It ain't happening. If that's your dream, then keep dreaming, I guess, because it's not. There's no way they're gonna do that. There's no way they're gonna do that. 
Now, the the beginning of the, the beginning of the sentence in the question says, um, players only have access to all of the content in the game if they're hardcore. Uh, no, you have access and you can try to get it. If you're not good enough, tough. I would say the same thing to a team that can't beat the raid. Well, that's not fair. We paid for the content. We deserve to get all the content, but we can't beat the raid. So, you know, suck it up, cupcake. Beat it or don't. Like. That's your chance to get those guns. That's your chance to get the 1K voices. If you can't beat it, you know, you're saying you have no problem beating the raid. Well, I mean, like, good for you, but there's plenty of people that aren't beating the raid and are struggling to beat the raid, and they're not getting a chance at that gear. You can't undercut loot incentive. They murdered loot incentive in D1. I got told I was anti-community and all this garbage because I said clan engrams were stupid, and... I mean, you come to find out, you turn around, you, you turn around and look at the game six months, nine months later, and everything I said about loot incentive and clan engrams became true, and that's what people agreed with. They're like, it's just too easy to get everything, right? It's too easy to get everything. So, casualification's never going to get any footing anymore. It ain't going to get footing with Bungie because they saw what it did to their game and their player engagement. So they're not going to do it, and it ain't going to get it ain't going to get traction on Reddit, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Nobody's going to co-sign on casual location because we all saw what it did to our our hobby. Mighty Moose, morning, Lono. I completely agree with you. PVE and Destiny definitely requires its own legendary weapons to grind for, which would give the community uh, that prefers PVE content versus PVP content that says something more desire, uh, uh, more to desire. Uh, should this happen one day, which type of weapons would you like to see added? that would make the grind uh, worth the effort. Loving today's stream as well. Well, thank you. I would say non-meta weapons is where they should set their sights. Pulse rifles have have, have been touch and go from for meta in, in Destiny's PvP here and there. There was the Hawksaw, then there was the Grasp and the Clever, but before that there was the Hand Cannons and then there was the Auto Rifles. So right now if you look at PvE, it's basically Hand Cannons and Pulse Rifles. Now you get your hands on a nice auto rifle like this. Maybe you make it work. Maybe you enjoy it. If you're if you're at if you're not getting delted, you're not really going to have a reason. You could run you can run the the stuff that you want. Next of Keen, thank you so much for the brand new Prime sub. Welcome to the Rage. Uh, enjoy your dope badge and emotes. Your dope and deserved dope stuff. Remember, as a sub, you can use the Discord clan system and the LFG system. Uh, so get in there and take advantage of that as a new sub if you would like. So I would target. I would target auto rifles. I would target stuff that like nobody's using. Give me a legendary fusion rifle that makes the Ikelos shotgun look silly. Like, give it to me. I'm gonna put that Ikelos away and I'm gonna get out of fusion. I miss using fusion rifles, man. I've not used fusion rifles regularly since probably my D1 campaign playthrough back before I knew about weapons, you know? And then obviously we all like the murmur. The murmur was pretty fun, but Man, oh man, I would set my sights on a fusion rifle first and foremost. A nice energy fusion rifle. That would be fun. And then after that, I would set my sights on a sniper. And then after that, I would probably set my sights on an SMG and an auto rifle. Again, make it a unique SMG. So maybe it's energy. Maybe it competes for dips. Maybe it competes for for shield and major busting in that secondary slot. You know? There's a spectrum of enemy and there's a spectrum of weapon. How to make this slot work better within that spectrum or at least the weapon types because if you throw on a primary down here I need weapon types up here for that mid-tier enemy your primary weapons your auto rifles your hand cannons your pulse rifles they're meant because they shoot 
faster, and they dole out damage in a way that's built for that low-end spectrum of enemy. Then when the majors and the shielded majors show up, and the shielded guys and the mini-bosses show up, that's when you pull out your mid-tier guns. That's when you should be pulling out your fusion rifles, your shotguns, your snipers, and arguably SMGs if they build them properly for PvE. You're in the mid-tier. Here comes the boss. That's when you pull out your power weapons and your super. That spectrum of damage, that spectrum of weaponry lands on the spectrum of the enemy. Right now, it's a little bit thrown out of whack because Ikelos shotgun does great boss damage. If you take away its boss damage efficiency, it would still be one of the best guns in the game. It just wouldn't be good for boss damage. Things would be functioning within their spectrum. And then you could just raise fusion rifles and other guns to, to the lethality of the, the Ikelos to create weapon diversity and perk uh, and perk and loot incentive for people to chase the same way that people looked at the Luna's Howl. I mean, we saw the Luna's Howl in action in a trailer and Giggs was like, uh, there was a 180 that three tapped. So we're going to have to figure out how to get that gun. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it was the Luna's Howl. They knew what they were doing, by the way, when they did that in the trailer. That wasn't like an accident that they put the trophy in the trailer in the way that they did. They knew that was going to get the attention of, of attentive uh, PvP players. We finally got another Ether Doctor. It's been a while since we've seen one. We got one with Snapshot, Moving Target, and uh, Flared Magwell. That's not the one we're looking for. Next question. Waits for none. Do you think Bungie considers the PvE equivalent of Luna's Hal to be exotic quests? I sure hope not, because exotics really limit your loadout, and I think exotics and exotic quests are largely pursued by, you know, the entire community. That's not something that's purely limited to fans of PvE. Usually if there's an exotic quest, everybody can kind of set their sights on it and do it, and then you're basically done. You look at the Luna's Hal, you look at the Not Forgotten, that's not something that you're just going to do on a weekend. That's something that you dedicate yourself to as a PvP player. And that's why I want to see, you know, something like that in PvE. And that's where I think, like, a raid NPC or a, or an NPC like Zavala that really tracks your progress, kind of like the Nightfall ranking one. Um, and that the, the Nightfall ranking one is in the right vein. It's just that the gun isn't unique or strong enough. There's nothing about that shotgun that's really blowing anybody's hair back. Uh, maybe, and again, maybe in PvP because of how it's built, which again is sort of broken because it should be a PvE shotgun. Rockets Raikou says, What kind of questline would you imagine fitting for PvE? Lunas puts you into a single activity. Would the PvE quest be based on around a single activity like strikes, or would it give across all PvE activities? Well, think about it. You've got the broadsword, the Lunas, and the Not Forgotten. So you could have three different things, three different weapons, and three different sections. You could have one that takes a long time grinding the raid. You could have one that takes a long time grinding nightfalls, like we already do. And then you could have one that's like the broadsword, like call it the public defender quest and you're just doing basically anything in the game as you know public events lost sectors you know faithfully doing your flashpoints and your bounties as long as you're doing that you know a month or so into the season you could get your public defender quest finished and get a weapon that's kind of like on the level of the broadsword it's not gonna it's not gonna be the best out of the three that they added but it's it's functioning on that lower edge of the spectrum a little bit easier to obtain not quite as strong as the lunas and the not forgotten and then you put like the Lunas in the raid, uh, and then the Not Forgotten would be something that would require something like a solo Shattered Throne level of commitment and skill. Um, and you'd call that like the Dungeon Master quest, you know? Because then that's that's one you gotta you, you don't just have to dedicate time to, but you gotta know what the frick you're doing, kind of a thing. Banjo TK, are the curated raid weapons possibility for this chase? Like make one of them unlock 
unlockable after say three to five completions yeah but then you've really got to drill down on curated loadouts i talked about this in my raid loot uh review video there should be curated armor pieces probably for the raid that aren't just curated with 10 masterwork but have a perk on them that's unique that makes you want to use raid armor maybe that's how you get the raid perks on the raid armor and then the curated raid loadout guns should have perks on them you can't get anywhere else that's a perfect opportunity to do it oh my gosh i got the curated nation of beast it's got dragonfly but attached to dragonfly is something else you know a perk that you can't get anywhere else it's 100% needed 100% and curated loadouts is a wonderful iteration on random rolls that would enable bungie to do just that uh tim timio timio mit says, what do you think about the drop rate of the 1k forces? Do you think it should be as rare as the Vex Mythic class, or should stay the way as it is now? 1k voices feel like it, it got ghost nerfed on its drop rate. I genuinely think it got ghost, ghost nerfed on its drop rate. I feel like it was dropping a whole lot more. And, not surprising, just like the Galahorn, people that get one tend to have a better drop rate. I think that's intentional. <laughs> I think that's intentional. I think the loot pool treats the drop rate of a given item differently once you have it. I think that's one of the reasons. I think they kind of betrayed themselves here. Um, I think they kind of gave some of this away. I've made this prediction before. I've said that once you get an exotic or a coveted item, that it increases your drop rate of the item. I think that's one of the reasons we're getting tons of year one exotics. I think that's that's... That's that's not Bungie admitting it, but that's kind of anecdotal confirmation of something I've theorized for a long, long time. Why did your buddy get a Galahorn and then get one all the time after that? His drop rate went up. Why? He already had it. It doesn't hurt to raise his drop rate. And then it's a perfect barb and a motivator. It's like, oh gosh, you freaking, I hate you so much, right? I got my second 2K voices the other day. Uh, I'm 2K voices. I got my second 1K voices the other day. Again, I think that's why we're getting so many year one exotics. Why? Because we've already gotten them and our drop rate's higher. So when the game says, hey, feed me an exotic, this person just got an exotic to drop, guess what it's going to do? It's likely to give you a year one exotic. Why? Because your drop rates are higher on exotics that you've already received. It elongates the exotic grind. It, it, it Again, it makes... It makes certain things, you know, less obtainable. I also think, again, I think the 1K voices drop rate got ghost nerfed. Uh, because I, I definitely was feeling like it was dropping that first month, that first two to three weeks. I feel like it was dropping a whole lot more. And we had a smaller sample rate, too. There was less people raiding back then. Way less, you know? That small sample rate, I mean, it, it shouldn't have been dropping at all with such a small sample rate, right? If the drop rate's really, really low, and you got, like, a small handful of teams beating it, that thing felt like it was dropping pretty regularly. Way more people are raiding, way more completion numbers going up, and nobody, it's, like, it's, like, it's almost like nobody's getting them. The year one pool is bigger, too, nerdy, and that's contributing to it. That's contributing. That's contributing. I still put my tinfoil hat on and say, once you get an item, the drop rate goes up for it, right? It's kind of like when you got the Ace of Spades from the quest. Think about it like this. Think about it like this. This also kind of proves my point. Yeah, the year one pool is bigger. How many people completed the Ace of Spades quest and then got an Ace of Spades to drop when they got an exotic to drop? A lot of people. Why? You already had it, so its drop rate's higher. You shouldn't be getting an Ace of Spades, given that it's 
like you like you said there's way more year one items right I don't know man I saw a ton of people a ton of people getting ace of spades from their exotic drops after completing the quest just like whenever you would go turn stuff into uh, Cade for doing your flashpoint and you would get uh, weapons like the perfect paradox You're like wait why am I getting this you already obtained it now it's dropped into the loot pool and strangely enough it seems to have a pretty high drop rate I got forge weapons all the time from him when that was the flashpoint uh, which because they're in the loot pool and again once you obtain an item the drop rate could go up because it no longer needs to be held at bay for you it's no longer a carrot for you so the drop rate doesn't need to function as a as that like elongation of content anymore uh, Azuma Kazuma I don't enjoy how close I had to be to use a shotgun but that's all uh, that, but that's all that's strong in the energy slot Could all energy weapons be brought up to shotgun power levels they shouldn't all be brought up to Ikolos shotgun levels because the Ikolos is, is a boss buster and it kind of shouldn't be. I'm okay with its lethality everywhere else, but against bosses it's just too lethal. And you don't want to suddenly have snipers and fusions and SMGs that are also stronger than exotic power weapons. I just think that that's a bad precedent to set. You're really disrupting the power hierarchy at that point. But I do think the general lethality of shotguns are very very over realized and yes you I think you should bring fusions and other guns up so you could then play in a way that's more suited to your play style you're like I don't like running up and barrel stuffing every major that I run into or boss right I'd like to sit back and use a sniper that's the kind of player that I am well if they made snipers worth using you could do that fusions are better at a little bit more of a mid range you don't have to touch the enemy with the fusion rifle that again is going to enable you to potentially play uh, the way that you want to play because right now the barrel stuffing strat is the go-to strat for lost sector farms for nightfalls for mini bosses for public event bosses for strike bosses for raid bosses you know just barrel stuff everybody do it uh, Arctic Spartan the Luna's howl uh, comes from reaching fabled what do you think of the raid having a similar ranking system where the encounter completions and full completions get your score up. I mean, yeah, this is right in line with my video where I said a raid NPC is needed. I was really disappointed that Benedict didn't push this this idea forward because there's a lot they could do with this that I believe has always been missing for the hardcore raiders. Incentive to run the raid beyond your, your, your three completions I think is a good thing. It's like running your nightfall beyond your completion for the drop that's powerful, right? Why do you grind the nightfall over and over again? I'm trying to get the, the loot to drop, right? Well, why would you run the raid over and over again? Well, I'm, I'm trying to raise my rank. I'm working on a bounty. I'm working on this challenge. I'm working on that challenge so that I can raise my rank. I want to unlock that shader that makes me look like, you know, I'm on I'm on fire. I want to lo- unlock that, sh- that ornament or that raid weapon that makes it look like it's got black smoke coming off of it. You know, all these different things that would function beyond just like yeah just grind for the loot grind for prestige as well right and then attached to that also you could have that that not forgotten or luna's farm uh that that takes a while you know you're 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 not just doing that in a weekend you know and that's naturally time gated because maybe you could tie it to things that you could only do once a week in the raid you know there's that weekly raid challenge you know, maybe you need to raise X number of ranks with the raid NPC. You need your 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 challenge rank to go up, which means you need, you need to do the challenges every week. 
you know, you need uh, your wipeless rank to go up. So every time you do an encounter wipeless, that helps, you know, that's a measurement of skill. That's a measurement of, of intentionally going through and be like, all right, guys, we're not going to play risky here. We're not going to play aggressive. We're going to go for wipeless on all of these encounters. So we can raise, you know, raise our wipeless rank, you know, can't really, you can't really ask people to do flawless right now because of all the crap that happens. Dying to teleportation, uh, dying, you know, getting sent to orbit because of guitar. Uh, the jumping puzzles are, you know, they, they can be a little cheesy and, you know, Mansling doesn't proc. So, they have to fix guitar first and, and in one day we had two people die. We satisfied Riven's damage and we teleported to that darkness area and people died during the teleport. They got like flung into a wall. Um, that should never happen. Dark 007. Uh, I think armor should have... Do you think armor should have more interesting mods? Uh, maybe we can get some PvE exclusive mods tied to endgame activities similar to the Dreaming City mods. That exists right now. It's just not super common knowledge. Taken armaments, taken invigoration, taken spec, taken barrier. There's all these mods that have like the dark, almost dark charcoal gray color and they only drop from the raid. And they're built for endgame raid content because they're taken in their theme. I really, really like the one I have on... Uh, where is it? Is it done my... Oh, I must have taken it off. I had it on somewhere. I had one where... We could obviously get rid of Riven's Curse. I had taken armaments where you defeat a taken enemy with a grenade and it has a chance to give you heavy ammo. If you use a good area of effect grenade on a group of taken, you almost get guaranteed heavy ammo when you do that. There was a nightfall where those taken thrall that come from a wizard, they're all running up the pathway and I just dropped my thermite grenade right on them and killed, you know, I don't know, six or seven of them. Every time I did that at that point in the nightfall, it was like guaranteed heavy. That was pretty hot and really helpful for speedrunning the nightfall. I could, I knew I can use my heavy leading up to this point, and I know I can get a good amount of it back. Uh, that's that's nice. And again, that's not something that just anybody has access to. You can't just you know grind a strike for that mod. You got to be you got to be running the raid if you have any hope of getting that mod to drop because they just I think they just drop from the encounters. Taking barrier is dope too. Yeah. And taken spec, you just put on a gun. You just do more damage to taken enemies with a gun. So there's a lot of potential there. Obviously, then that means future raid content could change the enemy theme and then have completely different raid mods that would you would want to grind for to put in either your different gear, your different guns, or your different armor sets. I still think there's a missed opportunity to have intrinsic raid perks, set bonuses, Maybe just bonuses on the raid mod. You slap a, a raid mod in a piece of raid gear and it gets a little, you know, extra outline around it. And that extra outline then puts yellow text somewhere on the raid gear. And you're like, you don't just get the taken, you know, the taken barrier. Anytime you kill a taken enemy with grenades, it also has a chance to put power ammo on the ground for you and allies. Something like that. You're like, well, wait a minute. This mod is even better when I throw it into a piece of raid gear. 
Second spec is 10% and applies to every enemy. Definitely good to use. You have a primary or something and you always use it in the raid. Yeah, that'd be pretty solid because that's just, I mean, that's just increased damage throughout the entire raid. That's nice. I mean, we were doing damage tests and I had to take off all my armor because the mods on my armor really increases your damage. You put on that transcendent blessing. I mean, you just automatically do more damage to targets in the Dreaming City. I mean, it's strong. Uh, Black Hippie says, what about the Ikelos shotgun? It has trench barrel? Yeah, I don't, that's not a question. Creative Chaos says, oh, this person's saying, what about the Ikelos shotgun? It has trench barrel. Yeah, that was from Warmine, and it wasn't a lengthy quest. It was just an RNG grind. That's not quite the same. It's in the right category. It just isn't like a seasonal grind, and it's also old. So I want new stuff. Like, the grind for PvP is good. Do more of it, is what I'm saying, basically. Creative Chaos says, with the current gun meta, Ikelos, Whisper, Sleeper, Voices, uh, do you think a PvE Luna would need to encourage people to not only have to do the quest, but to use the gun if it were in the energy slot? Right, energy slot would help unseat the Ikelos. Uh, a good kinetic weapon grind. Like I said, there's three weapons, right? There's the broadsword, there's the Luna, there's the Not Forgotten. You could do a weapon in each slot. You could do a kinetic, you could do an energy, and you could do a power. Why would you do this? To upset the Midnight Coup Ikelos Shotgun Sleeper builds. To upset the Midnight Coup Ikelos Shotgun 1000 Voices builds. I don't mind people running 1000 Voices, but that's just an opportunity the next season to say, these are three guns that are going to probably, if you get all of them, become your go-to loadout, and that's okay. Well, then everybody's using the same thing. Yeah, but not necessarily. They're just, they're viable options within those slots to change things up. Maybe you don't want to put down the Ikelos, but you do want to put down the Midnight Coup, because this this new kinetic weapon's awesome. Maybe you don't want to put down the Midnight Coup, but you do, you are tired of using the Ikelos, so you slap that fusion rifle in there, because it's got that really strong perk. Again, it, it would create something that upsets the established order in a way that was healthy and and more incentive driven and not like just do, no just do it Lono just stop using the Ikelos that's a punch you're not solving a solution you're just telling me to stop using a gun incentivize different behavior don't just tell us to do it or force us to do it Rockets Raiku uh, do you want Lunas or a Not Forgotten in PvE uh, I make that distinction because the Lunas is accessible to not only the top 5% PvP players. Just curious how exclusive you want the gun to be. It's not the exclusivity. Like, obviously, there's a spectrum that I've already outlined. Broadsword, then the Lunas, and the Not Forgotten, right? They get less accessible the higher up you go in how strong they are. And you could do the same thing in PvE. There's not a lot of people that would be able to go all the way up to the tippity top of it and say, I'm going to grind... I'm going to grind the... Shattered Throne solo. I'm going to grind the Shattered Throne solo and and I'm going to go for it flawless, right? Um, not a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people would go for that. But maybe the step down from it, they could go for it. All you got to do after you've done all these other things, the end thing you got to do is Shattered Throne with a team. Okay, I can do that, you know. And then you go down even further from that, and the one that's the most accessible doesn't require you to do anything that's, like, insanely hard. It's just, like I said, you could have the you could have the public defender quest that just takes time and energy, and that's kind of, like, equal to the broadsword. Not that amazing in PvP, but cool and unique. 
Again, we had to restart the game, so if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you just heard the opening music. And then the next step up would be the Lunas Howl. That would be like your raider one. Like, run a lot of raids, do a lot of PvE content, and then you get that gun. And then you have the Dungeon Master, which is the pinnacle one, which is the hardest to get, that requires like a flawless solo run through Shattered Throne. I'm just giving examples of how they could structure the Spectrum, because it's already structured that way in PvP, and I think it works very well. Black Heavy, what if Bungie wanted the factor of skill to be a deciding factor in the player's accessibility to get the gun? While in PvE, skill is not the driving factor, but rather to enforce teamwork. Yeah, I just addressed this. You could you could have that addressed in a variety of ways and in a variety of weapons. Uh, I need money. I need money says, do you think Bungie should uh, have raid weapons like in Wrath of the Machine where they complement each other or have a quest PvE weapon quests uh, with it? Yeah, I mean, I think synergistic perks like we had in... Wrath of the Machine would be awesome. I think that would be awesome. Because, like, synergistic perks are, again, unique. There were perk combinations on the Genesis Chain and the Chaos Dogma, and I'm blanking on the Pulse Rifle. You couldn't get those anywhere. Those perk combinations were cool. It made the guns feel unique. Now, the rocket launcher sucked from Wrath. That's unfortunate. The Ex Mechanica was cool. The machine gun was super unique, but machine guns were, were generally kind of trash, so nobody really used it. But it was cool. Using it was fun. It was like, blah, 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 blah. like you could proc the perk all the time. And then there was the Outbreak Prime. Outbreak Prime just honestly should have been a legendary. I know a lot of people disagree with me. It, it was not good enough to be an exotic. Uh, coolest looking gun in the game next to Sleeper, but it was never, it wasn't strong enough to unseat Galley Sleeper or the Dark Drinker or the, uh, yeah, or the Dark Drinker. Those exotics were just too freaking strong. It just wasn't, it just wasn't a justifiable uh, weapon. Savage King with the brand new Prime sub. Thank you for doing that, dude. Welcome to the Rage. Just enjoy your dope badge and emotes. You are dope and deserve dope stuff. Remember, as a new sub, you can use our LFG and our clan system in the Discord. So, yeah, I think that when you look at the raid weapons like Wrath, they touched on something that is missing, which it, which is the uniqueness. And that's something that the Lunas and the Broadsword touch on. They have perks you cannot get anywhere else. Uh, be done, Max. Since we are talking about Luna, would you be opposed to them treating Luna the same way they did Redrick's next season, that to say moving into a quest is easily a quick play grind. Ah, oh, man, you gotta be careful. I think you gotta be careful. I, I think they, they I think they've got a good spectrum now. Broadsword's at the bottom, easy to, you know, easy to get, and then you got Luna's and you got Not Forgotten, and just do that again next season. And then always have the Luna's quest available. Like, well, I didn't get a chance to get it done. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better now about going for it. I want to go for uh, the Luna this this season. You still can, but there's a new thing for the people that are done with Lunas and not forgotten. You know, giving that spectrum accessibility is good. Going behind and disrespecting the grind of the of the Redrick's Claymore was so low level. Everybody, it was an experiment. Almost nobody got it, and then Bungie delivered what I think is a much better system this time around. I don't think you would come, want to come behind somebody with the with the Luna or the Not Forgotten and be like, "Hey, you can get it now." Steel Medulla was the raid pulse. Thank you. I like the Steel Medulla. If if, um, if Voidburn was on, you put that exotic on. It was actually really fun when Voidburn was on because it was a, it was it was a hard hitting gun with Voidburn. Voidburn and Small Arms made that thing silly strong, but you had to use the Age of Triumph exotic version to get the Void on it um, as a primary weapon. 
Arctic Spartan, would you consider the Outbreak Prime being the Luna's Hal of D1 and that the Outbreak style quest would be a good way to introduce the concept? I like the quest style, yes, but I don't want I don't want it to be an exotic. I don't want it to be an exotic. We have enough exotic quests. This is another this is another idea. This isn't the same as an exotic quest. It isn't. It's different. Uh, it's it's a perk that makes the gun unique, right? So you look at a Luna's Hal and you see how it's basically X X hand cannon, but it's got magnificent Hal on it, right? And I think exotic quests are fine and dandy, and it's okay to have them, like we have with the Malfeasance. But I do think there's just something really nice about getting a super strong legendary weapon that has a unique perk and gives you that excitement factor. Exotics are so, like, they're so double-edged in their excitement. Yes, I finally got this exotic. And you know that putting it on completely limits your loadout, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. That has its place in the game and having exotic quests, people going for that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about giving what is functioning really well in PvP as a loot incentive, bringing that same idea over to PvE and doing it again in PvP next time. Like, keep doing it. Don't stop doing it. And adding a similar grind to PvE. I'm talking about adding, not supplanting. We already have exotic quest lines, so you're just talking about doing something that already exists. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about adding a new loot pursuit and idea because of how well it has worked as a really cool incentive uh, and unique item in the game that we've gotten with these grinds in PvP. Royal Duck, I heard that Black Army Rebels won't be able to go into PvP. Do you think this is true? And if so, what do you think about it? I think it's the beginning of the split many people have been asking for, if it's true. If it's true, it's the beginning of the split that many of us have been asking for. For the longest time, I've been saying, why not just add perks to guns that say against non-guardians or against enemies of, you know, against, uh, against enemies of the darkness. There were perks like that in D1. That phrase against enemies of the darkness is all you really need. Why the frick would I take this into the P- into the PVP? All the perks are for are for non-PVP enemies, right? You could just say against uh, you know outside the crucible, and then that's all the perk says. Outside the crucible, or put a little marker on it, like there's a little marker on it. It's it's green instead of red. You could have red perks that are only active when in crucible. Do you know how when you look at your ghost, like right now when I look at my ghost because it's tangled shore, those things are gray instead of white. Why? To show me, hey dum dum, you don't have a, you don't your 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 ghost isn't working here. Then I come over here and I'm like, oh, these perks are white. That means they work here. You could do something similar with guns. You you boot up into the crucible and you're like, oh, these perks are red now. That means they're actually active. Oh, they only work in here. And then you'd give green for for gambit and blue for PVE. I don't know. And then you that creates what? Contextual power. You can create guns within their own sandbox. We want guardians to feel like guardians everywhere. Oh, for frick's sake. I'm never going to feel like a guardian in the crucible when I'm doing what I'm doing right now or running a raid. I'm not. The combat's different. What's required of me is different. Like, take that, that, that a pie in the sky sentimentality and ship that down the road. We don't feel the same everywhere. So it's, it's a, it's a silly thing to even say (laughs) it's silly. 
You don't kill anything in PvE that feels like killing something in PvP. The time to kill is different, the combat's indifferent, the way you engage and get your health back's not the same. Like, it's just, it's completely different. So, if you go into the Crucible and have perks that only activate there, that's like that's precisely what the game needs. That's contextual power. That's like when I say have guns that are at their absolute best on a given planet because you could get the gun and be like, oh, this gun's awesome. But when you have the gun equipped on the EDZ, it gets this little green box that appears that adds like damage buffs or an extra perk or something. So you're like, well, I'm not going to go for every gun on every planet. This gun's just fine for me. I'm more casual. But the more hardcore guy's like, no, I want to load out for every planet. So when I run strikes and nightfalls, I've got a pinnacle, uh, I've got a pinnacle build for every planet. Now, obviously, you'd have to bring loadouts. Like I'd need to be able to come in here and select a square that changes my entire loadout on demand. So as I bounce around through planets and stuff, it's easy to switch everything up. But that's that right there gets at the core of the issue because then you could say there's a new hand cannon in this nightfall and it's nuts people are like that's gonna break pvp and they're like now hang on a minute these perks don't activate in pvp oh uh oh oh and then all of a sudden everybody just starts saying oh and like light bulbs go off and it's like now I can grind for a gun that's stupid awesome and strong and the crucible team's not pulling their hair out like last night when I tweeted, the more I think about grenade launchers and swords, the more I feel like they should be energy weapons. And then I know people in the crucible being like, don't do that. Don't you freaking do that. That sounds terrible. You're going to make my life crazy. You're going to make every day terrible in the crucible if you do that. But if you could only do it in PvE, would it break that much? Like, uh, I'm going to use this, this grenade launcher in the energy slot today, and I'm going to take, it's going to do less damage but uh, I'm going to get a little bit more ammo on reserve, and it's going to be a nice alternative to just barrel stuffing everything, right? It's good crowd clear, good major buster, not really good for boss damage, but it's a nice alternative. Same thing with an energy sword, you know? It's cool, man, spicy, I'm knocking them around, I'm, I'm going up and I'm, I'm sword stuffing them, but it's different than a shotgun, and it's not broken because, it, you know, it's in the energy slot, it does less damage. You know, get a little bit more ammo. It's not pulling from power ammo anymore. So you get a little bit more ammo. You can use it a little bit more often and it does less damage. You know, there's a lot of stuff they could do with weapons along that spectrum where when you move them in the slot, they do less or more damage to a greater degree to create that diversity in your loadout. And as long as you can't do it in Crucible, it wouldn't break anything. Nobody wants to go up against a bunch of energy grenade launchers in the Crucible or energy swords, like, everybody'd just be running freaking quickfang, and it'd be a nightmare, because they'd always spawn with ammo. But again, if it's only, that versatility's only available in PvE, we want your guardian to feel like a guardian everywhere. I just continue to think that's just a, a, a that's a, that's a fool's errand at this stage. If you want to add unique power and unique perks, you gotta start splitting things up, right? Uh, Timmy, Timmy Omit says, Hey Lono, do you think it makes sense that Wish Ender is an exotic that makes very uh, that takes very little time to get, while not forgotten in Luna's Tower are legendaries that take a lot of grinding? Keep up the great work. Well, Wish Ender's not that great, so <laughs> Wish Ender's not that great, so I, you know, it's easier to obtain. And sure, it's an exotic, but guess what? The minute you equip that, it throws your whole loadout off kilter because it's an exotic, and it's not really worth equipping as an exotic 
Uh, Lou Dragon. I assume we're getting a power boost in Black Armory. How big do you think it'll be? Will it be harder to reach max light than the original Forsaken? How could they improve on the power grind? I thought the power grind was fine. Uh, people bliss it like crazy to get raid ready, but the lion's share of the community is not done with the power grind. So this 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 uh, this question's too too assumptive. I think about where the community is with respect to power grind, and if we do get a power grind, um, I uh, fifteen, maybe twenty. Take us up to 615, 620, maybe 610. You know, not much. I don't know if they necessarily need to do that. But with the pain of infusion, that might be more frustrating than it is enjoyable. But it'll elongate the content. <laughs> That's not a true elongation of content. That's just a delay of player volition. We would still be getting the same items at the same intervals and leveling up at the same speed. You just limit player volition when you make infusion really, really painful. Oh, he was hiding behind a rock. I think a lot of people are down in the 550 to 560 range, which means they've got a ways to go. So, Black Hippie. There's really nothing in PvE that takes a lot of skill. Rather just play the game long enough. In PvP, you can play all you like, but you may not ever get the gun. Yeah, that's fine. And that's why I said having a Spectrum would be would be good. Broadsword being the easiest to be you know obtained, and then the Not Forgotten being the hardest. You could do something similar in PvE requiring a solo flawless Shattered Throne run. You, you would see me trying to do that. Why? Because powerful gear makes for a powerful motivator. Titan 23Z, do you think LMGs will be able to replace Whisper Sleeper? No, I don't think so. I think it's just going to be a nostalgic gimmick. And I hate to say that, but I hope I'm wrong. This is one of the times where I hope I'm wrong. I really, really hope they're like, nah, this is a heavy machine gun. This ain't your daddy's machine gun from D1. This thing shreds bosses. I'll be excited, because that'll be fun. It'll be so nice to have a big change of pace. Um, I kind of hoped that light machine guns would come back as light machine guns and be energy weapons. But what about the Crucible? Uh, Again, split the game in half, please. Uh, Demins, I agree that we need more unique PvE weapon quests. What do you think about this idea? When you unlock the Triumph Seal, it also unlocks a quest line for a unique weapon. But yeah, that's a great way to gate it off. Great way. Takes a while, it's a grind, it's hardcore. Perfect. Works within existing systems and gives you layered rewards. First the title, then the gun. Lou Dragon, why did Bungie get rid of the bonus damage to raid enemies? Uh, this made raid weapons worth using. I also miss the ability to re-roll. Perhaps they uh, could include re-roll as you can earn... Uh, item on only on items you can earn in the raid. I'm okay with reroll on armor. I would love for glass needle. Is it glass needles? Um, to come back because exotics are so stinking rare. It, like it'd be really nice to invest time and grind into rerolling Orpheus rigs or Ophidia space for my hunter, so it doesn't have primary ammo finder on it. Like literally no options, just garbage perks, right? And they're so rare that when you finally get an armor piece, that should be the end of the matter. Just like when you get an exotic gun, that's the end of the matter. You know, like, oh, I gotta grind for another exotic, man. This Graviton's butt cheeks. Like, no, you're done. You got the item. And I think re-rolling on an exotic is fine for that reason. Re-rolling raid armor is fine, and here's why. Because if you do what they did in Wrath, and you have an internal economy and a currency that can be grinded for beyond your first three runs every week, you extend the content's longevity, you reward the hobbyist, and again, you're only re-rolling armor. 
Rerolling guns I'm never going to sign up for because I think guns are the biggest motivators in the game because they're the biggest influencer of your experience. The difference between a gun with Outlaw and a gun without Outlaw and maybe a gun with Outlaw Rampage is a nice spectrum of experience change. Experience change isn't super dramatic according to armor mods, which is why I think it's okay to re-roll. I think it's also okay because that gives the player more intentionality of like, well, I don't care about re-rolling armor. Right. Well, I do. So I'm going to run the raid faithfully every every single week because I really want to use, you know, this this pair of gauntlets. And I'd like to get I'd like to get a different roll on them. Again, incentive would have to really drive that, though. Why are you doing that? Well, I want to run. I want to wear a full raid set. There you go. Why do you want to wear a full raid set? Oh, because it looks cool. Eh, eh, nope, wrong answer. That's not a good enough motivator. Maybe for some people, but for hardcore raiders, there needs to be a reason to run a full set of raid. Call it a set bonus. What a concept, you know. Uh, Wishwash. Would you like to see more unique mods instead of unique perks on a specific weapon that you have to grind specific events or strikes for? No, I think unique perks is better because it incentivizes that excitement and that RNG drop. Unique mods, not so much. I would like to see more unique mods added, but that's not really what I'm asking for. Uh, Mrs. Elex or Mr. Selex says, "What? Do you, it's all lowercase, so sorry, I can't tell which it is. Uh, do you think there should be shotguns and snipers with kinetic ammo and still have limited reserves? I don't know. I mean, I think in general, the, if you give them kinetic ammo, that would be the, the reason would be they're weaker, but they have tons of ammo. You can just shoot the sniper for forever. I just think having lots of ammo and turning them into like miniature primaries just doesn't make sense with the way that they engage. I mean, if you did that with a shotgun and you gave it kinetic ammo and gave it a ton of ammo, people would just, that's all they would freaking run around with. Um, that's all they would run around with. They would literally just use shotguns in all PvE content. I can't imagine having a shotgun with hundreds of kinetic ammo and then I could just pick up kinetic ammo a- a- as I ran. No such thing as kinetic ammo. I'm sorry, primary ammo. I'm saying the wrong thing. You know, if you're running around with a primary ammo shotgun... And, you know, primary ammo drops at the intervals that it drops. And, and not only that, not only that, you're also, you're also getting a ton more in, you know, on reserves. I just think that would, that's all people would run as shotguns. Because you could just barrel stuff everything. Sometimes I do that. If there's a lot of green on the ground, I get out the Icolos and I just shoot everything. And it, it's, it's fun, but it's rare and contextual. We got dynamic sway, moving target, and, and, uh, and light mag. It's not what we're looking for. We are looking for basically the role we have now, but we want Rampage instead. Tap the trigger with Rampage and Flared Magwell. We have a great role on it already, but I really want to try it with Rampage because I think Rampage is one of the reasons that the Half Dan is, uh, is so fun to use. Because you can just really maintain it and that increased reload because of the drop mag. I don't know if I'm going to be able to replace the Half Dan as my favorite PvE auto rifle because this thing just keeps me so consistent at just wrecking ads. Uh, to a certain degree, I think I'm killing them faster than I would be with an auto rifle or a Chattering Bone. Obviously, we're in throwaway content, but even when I was in the raid, I found this to be totally fine. Maybe when you're underleveled, you want to go for the higher impact weapons so you get the insta-stun and the, you know, the headshots, but... I don't know. We'll see. I just want to try it out. Hmong, should Bungie add more mods? Do you see mods to be a bigger boost? 
but have some negative effects. Yeah, I mean, you had the trade-off perks in D1, right? Like Brace Frame major, major, made the clip smaller, uh, but it gave you tons of uh, stability. Stability. I haven't really set my sights on the mod system, mainly because they need to make it so you can do bounties for the gunsmith to get mod components so the mod farm isn't so silly. It's hard to get them right now, and I think they kind of function as they should. Mods kind of feel like masterwork. It's a capstone. I like this weapon. I like this roll. I'm going to put a capstone on it. I'm going to put counterbalance. I'm going to put hip fire on this SMG. I'm going to put on on my chattering bone or on like a gun like the Nation of Beasts. I'm going to put targeting adjuster. It's a capstone. Oh my gosh, this is such a great roll on this hand cannon. I'm going to put on Icarus so I can run my hunter in Crucible and get that increased airborne accuracy. Um, so I'm okay with it. Cat four five six five. I agree with you. Would we, would you be all right with the grind if it included having to do Crucible and Gambit in order to complete the grind? That seems to be Bungie's way. No, I wouldn't be because we're pivoting away from PvP here. When you do the Luna's farm and the Not Forgotten farm and the Broadsword farm, they're not asking you to go run Nightfalls in the raid. They're not asking you to do that. Why? Because it's a PvP grind, right? There's plenty each week that asks me to go play pockets of the game I'm not really interested in. Um, so, I don't think Radar Tuner is trash on the right gun. If Scouts had a little bit more solvency right now, they'd probably be really nice. Or, it's probably pretty good on a sniper. Because most, t- most of the times the sniper rolls God roll, you don't need to do much to it. Though, estimated profit. I... Initially liked how hard it was to get exotics, but I still haven't gotten any Forsaken exotics. Is this complete legitimate? Uh, or is this a quit whining type of thing? No, this is an acknowledged problem that they've addressed, and it's going to get fixed on the 30th. So your complaint is legitimate. I think exotics being rare is fine, but when I've probably gotten 15 exotics since Forsaken dropped, and no, more than that, more than that, probably 20, and only... Uh, only three have been exotics from Forsaken. You don't count Ace of Spades because Ace of Spades is a quest that you grind for. You don't fight. You don't. You don't count Chaperone either. That's a quest. One uh, K voices. Uh, I don't know if I want to count that because most exotics are like random low drops, and One K voices had like a specific place that it dropped, and it did seem to be dropping a little bit more when I got it. So. This is a legitimate complaint, and they are addressing it. There's a few things working against it. The main thing being that the exotic pool for year one exotics is so freaking big. You're just, it's just it's just way more likely. Nima, 2017. What do you think about the armor set like Division Two? Yeah, set bonus is something we've we've asked for for a long time, and I touched on this already. Uh, Lushy PD, is D3 the time to abandon the casuals, embrace more RPG mechanics? I think abandoning casuals is a, is, a, is a harsh way of putting it, and I don't think they ever want to take that attitude to that hard of a line. I think aiming at the hardcore player and aiming at the hobbyist player is not mutually exclusive with having things for the more casual player. The satisfying game, it's a fairly easy game to pick up and learn. The complexity of the perks, the complexity of the sub, sub you know... Uh, like the subclasses, it's not that difficult to wrap your head around, right? Now, that'll probably stay the same, but then there'll be complexity beneath the simplicity. I talked about this with Ori in the Blind Forest. The reason Ori in the Blind Forest is so satisfying to play is because at a ground level, it's a very simplistic, 
Metroidvania platformer. But there's a lot of complexity beneath the simplicity. You start getting more abilities, you start needing to chain those abilities, you start needing to do some of the more in- intense environments and, and surviving and not dying. And that is very satisfying to you as a player because there's something beneath that simplistic surface. Destiny's kind of in that place now where anybody can pick up the game play and have a pretty good time and get guns and shoot enemies and play through the game, right? And then the more hardcore player can set their sights on the raid and the 1K voices and god rolls from the nightfall and curated rolls from the nightfall and uh, Luna's Hell and Not Forgotten and the Broadsword. There's a spectrum that's being satisfied just sort of automatically because anybody can pick the game up and enjoy it. And I think they'll probably go for that format. Now, will they start to tip the scales and put a little bit more weight and meat on the hobbyist RPG side and grind side? Sure. Does that mean the casuals are getting completely abandoned? No. It just means they're not a priority. They're not nearly as much as a priority. They're kind of a default priority with the way the game is built, logistically speaking, and just how the game feels like shooting and stuff just feels awesome. And the supers, I mean, you just feel awesome. That kind of by default appeals to everybody. So I don't think they're ever going to abandon the casuals because there's a ton of them. They make up a huge portion of the player base and they feed the game quick matchmaking and DLC purchases and it daily engaged people playing. And I don't think you want to basically say, yeah, for Destiny 3, if you're a casual player, we're not, we don't have anything for you. See you later. That's I, that's uh, that's pretty extreme. That's pretty extreme. And I don't think they're ever going to go that far. Uh, do you think Gambit needs a Luna's Howl? Uh, it's got the Malfeasance, but that's an exotic. So yeah, I think that's another like area. I don't think they need to do that right now because Gambit's got a long way to go. Gamut has a lot of design problems. Uh, rubber banding is incredibly easy to leverage. The, you know, invasion, doing stuff to the sleeper helped, but queen breakers and you know teams that just kind of watch the spawn points or push the spawn points. There's a lot of things in it that just that still need reworked. And I think Gambit's got tons of potential, but I basically think Gambit is like year one Destiny two. It's, a, it's in its concept phase. It's in its conceptual phase. And we're kind of helping them iron it all out. I And I think the main reason they set their sights on messing with Sleeper is it was just the easy thing to kind of say, hey, we're hearing you guys. We're making adjustments. We're making tweaks. And it was a really easy thing to just go in and say, eh, don't give it as much ammo and lower aim assist. And then it, you know, people are like, yeah, I'm, people are missing me every once in a while now. And you know, and I, I mean, I played the other day and people were struggling to melt and it might've been because of the less ammo, right? Ordinarily they would have had shots left in their sleeper and that little bit of sliver left on the boss's health. Maybe they wouldn't have been able to melt and now they're running out quicker, stuff like that. So, and Gambit does have the bygones, but again, I don't think they're talking about an RNG drop that can have good rolls. I think they're thinking quest line, unique legendary with a perk you can't get anywhere else is what they're thinking. If they're thinking like me. So, Nitro Zero, do you think it would be a cool idea for a PvE Lunas to have some type of mystery quest, something kind of like Outbreak or Sleeper as part of the quest? How do you think it could affect the game? I think a really good place for mystery is is something that, what the frick, I thought that was like a servitor hanging out over here, and it was his ghost. That's kind of cool. Like, look at it floating like that. 
Um, it looks like a boss. Like, let's get some perspective trickery going on here. This random mystery servitor boss. Like, out of... Oh. Um, I think Zer could have three uh, things that he does. And it would be a good way to introduce some questline exotics. You could have the bounty... And you do the bounty, and it's kind of hard, and takes a while, and you got to spend some money to get it. It's, it's not cheap. And the bounty gives you the frame of an exotic weapon. And then next week, you buy the quest, and you do the quest, and you get the exotic weapon. Again, keep in mind, this is lengthy and costly. This isn't just like, oh, hey, he's got an exotic that I want. Buy. Okay? And then the culmination is you buy the mystery from him. And the mystery is uh, a mystery to be solved, and it helps you get the catalyst for that exotic. I think that'd be a great way to give him questline exotics and cool stuff, but not necessarily make it to where you're just like, yeah, just save your currency and you go buy it. You know? And there we already have questline exotics in the game. So if they've already got questline exotics planned, that would just be a cool way to do some of them. And then maybe over time you could be like, eh, just trickle out some of the some of the catalysts that way. Yo, Zer's selling a new one this week. We've never seen this one yet. Which one's this for, right? And people try to figure it out and solve it. Like, which gun catalyst is it for? So. Uh, Johnny Always. I'm not sure uh, we need a PvE quest similar to Luna's. I would like one, though. Do you think Comp needed the Luna's as an incentive for folks to play it? Uh, personally, Comp Grind does not appeal to me. I mean, it depends. Sometimes I go into Comp and feel like the game breathes just because of less players. The game modes aren't quite as like, I don't know, like going in with some buds and playing some countdown. That's not nearly as sometimes as frustrating as trying to play control with six people that just don't understand why you shouldn't capture the third freaking spot. And they give up map control and they flip spawns, you know, like I sometimes I think letting the maps breathe with 4v4 and just doing some of the more objective or again countdown is really the only one that this kind of applies to so i mean because they took out breakout or breakthrough because we all i i said that was going to be a bad game mode just like rift uh jd gamer do you think that the shotgun quest from leviathan was like the luna for pve and you're wanting a grindy quest going for everything in pve that's as good as the ep shotgun it's not as good as the ep shotgun the accurate isn't that impressive at all right now especially in pve it's in the power slot and it's not really good for well, basically anything and uh, it's, a, it's, again, an exotic quest. We already have exotic quests. I'm asking for something more because that's not that's not the same. Uh, Sethson says, What do you think is the best way to make the EP shotgun for ads and less boss damage is? Maybe make Trench Barrel work on ads but not on bosses. Love the stream. Keep up the good work. I mean, again, you just make a boss resist shotgun pellets. It's pretty simple. A boss should be laughing at shotgun pellets. It's like... What is this? It's buckshot, and I'm a big giant armored tank. Frick out of here, you know. But you start shooting with a fusion rifle that like overpenetrates the armor, or quote unquote melts the armor, or has acidic armor burn perk. So I don't know something like that. That like when procked does crazy good boss damage or something. I don't know. Snipers, etc. You know, I don't know. Well, then you're making a fusion do boss damage. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe that perk again is just better for major busting and shield busting. Because again, that's just that's what you're dealing with is a spectrum of enemy and a spectrum of, of guns. EP shoddy doesn't really need mess with that much at all. It's a fine shotgun. Just shotguns in general, not even EP shoddy. Shotguns in general just should not be great for boss damage. 
It should be good for majors and busting shields, you know, and, you know, quick busting of a little tank, not quick, quick busting of an aircraft carrier. That's what the boss feel like. You feel like a challenge. I like your idea of making swords viable again. Swords are fun in D1. Yeah, I mean, if you just make them energy, give them a ton more ammo and nerf them so that they're not doing the same damage because now they're in the energy slot. That'd be really fun in PvE. Braincake, would you like some way to get a chance at Forsaken Exotic Drops with milestones that guarantee at least one exotic drop per week? No, I'm going to immediately say no to this. One per week is silly. You'd be done in a month. There's not that many. Well, maybe not done in a month. Well, yeah, if it's per character, if it's per character... If it's per account, it might take a while. I don't like guaranteed exotics dropping from activities, though. I, it, now, maybe, maybe you could say, um, this week we've got, I don't know, exotic drop rate chances are higher in strikes. Maybe you buy um, exotic, maybe you exo- buy an exotic boon from Zer, and that boon basically once you pop it it tells you today exotics are having a higher drop rate over here and then next day at reset you pop another one and it tells you oh now there now there's a higher drop rate of them from this or that or whatever so um they boosted ammo in Forsaken. You hold like 40-ish now. So just moving to energy and reducing damage would be fine. Oh, I didn't realize they increased the ammo of swords. Yeah, they're just they're just so hard to justify using in the power slot. They're just not. I mean, the Black Talon, I think is what it's called, is cool. But man, oh man, it's just it's so hard to justify using it. They don't feel like power weapons. Uh, I've avoided getting the EP shoddy, says Death Starfish, for a while. Because I like to run lots of different loadouts, but in the real endgame content, it's almost a requirement to have it. Do you think Bungie will do something about the gun or have Trench Barrel added to the perk pool? Adding Trench Barrel to the perk pool is not the solution. I genuinely think the solution is a whole lot easier than we've all been making it. It really truly is. Take all shotguns and have them do less damage to bosses. I just, anybody that complains about that, like you're just basically saying you want an easy button. I want to be able to use my shotgun against bosses. I just... They they didn't function like that in D1. I used my shotgun against captains, and it really helped in Wrath of the Machine. But whenever I ran up to to Axis, and I used a shotgun, I knew I was going to get less damage than using, I don't know, Dark Drinker, Sleeper, Galahorn, any any rocket launcher, uh, mind you, not just exotics. I, I could use any power weapon and probably get more damage than using the uh, the Occam's Razor on the boss or my super for Frick's sake when I ran the you know Starfire Protocol and went through fusions like an insane person because you could throw them. I had a tier twelve build. <gasps> we got it! Oh my gosh, we got it! We got to tap the trigger with Rampage. We didn't get the we didn't get the increased reload. Um, we wanted the increased reload, but we did get ricochet rounds, which will make it really, really stable. Uh, we're going to run that first one on it. We got the roll we were looking for on the gun. I'm going to lock this. I want to see with the default reload, how hard it is to maintain rampage. 
We're gonna go through here. We got three. We reloaded and shot, and we maintained three. So as long as there's ads, like, directly in the vicinity, the reason you don't quite need the super fast reload on this is because it shoots so dadgum fast, uh, you're basically able to put it, you know, very, very quickly uh, on the next enemy. So that's the role we were searching for, and ricochet rounds is actually kind of nice because ricochet rounds gives you that bump to stability. Um, which is really nice. And if we take this stability up even higher and we put counterbalance on, this thing might be very, very, feel very, very laser beam. It'll feel very, very laser beam. Um, we would need to compare it to this one here because we've got tap the trigger under pressure, uh, counterbalance. This has got stability. It does have the flared magwell. Flared magwell not making an enormous difference on reload. That's okay but we're losing the range and we're losing the stability on it. So, very, very solid roll from this grind today. That's exactly what we were looking for, with the exception of I was wanting Flared Magwell, but the Ricochet rounds might really be what we want. Uh, in Flames, given you are advocating for a PvE quest like Luna, how do you feel about a PvP exotic similar to the Thousand Voices, maybe only accessible after a flawless card. You're on to something. I'd be okay with it. I would be totally okay with that. Put an exotic in Trials that's dope, and I can't get it, because I'm not going to go flawless. I mean, I could I could obviously, you know, pay True Vanguard or something to carry me, because... Do you know what I'm saying? Why tap over Zen? Okay, tap the trigger over Zen, because the initial fire of this gun is so unwieldy so if you use this or the misfit without tap the trigger and then you use one with tap the trigger which by the way i have one down here with the role i was looking for tap the trigger rampage flared magwell but it's an energy weapon Uh, and then it's got reload on the masterwork uh if you use it without tap the trigger that initial that initial uh it kind of bucks up on you it makes it kind of hard to use Tap the trigger, along with other stability mods, makes it very, very easy to manage as a high fire rate uh, bullet hose. Uh, the saving annihilator. What a good uh, would a good benchmark for snipers be the whisper when it comes to damage to make them more viable? Minus the three shot refill, of course. I mean, honestly, just make just bring back box breathing and bring their damage up a little bit. If I sit back and I get box breathing to proc and I got a roll that maybe gives me triple tap or maybe it gives me, uh, maybe it gives me not just triple tap, but it gives me the, uh, the ability to, yeah, the reload's going to be a problem though. It is hard to maintain that three times rampage without flared magwell. Now the good, the good re the good news is it's got such a huge, it's got such a huge mag you can maintain three times rampage. Like right there, I just maintained three times rampage after a reload. Um, and right there, I did again. So it's definitely possible. And I'm doing that at far range. And we don't even have counterbalance or 10 levels of stability on the, the masterwork yet. We don't even have that buff. So this is a uh, this is a nice roll here. So yeah, I mean, in my mind, uh, the reason that you want to bring snipers up, I should be able to sit back and have a good roll on a sniper where I'm refilling it with like maybe triple tap or something like that. And if I'm landing all my shots with box breathing, you charging up with trench barrel is fine and dandy, but I'm able to sit back and get great, great dips. Like that should be totally, totally doable. Uh, 
from 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 my perspective, I think I think it should be totally doable. And that's the problem with snipers right now is they're just they're not functioning as a high risk reward precision weapon. They're not. They're just like they're just kind of bad. And then you use them in PvP if you're crafty. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Jethro, eight one six. I wish they would bring back quests like Necrochasm or even Polaris Lance. I thought it was cool how you got a weapon, but progressing the quest made them stronger. Oh, yeah. I, I thought the Polaris Lance quest was really cool. Polaris Lance just wasn't that great of a weapon. It was okay, but again, it was hard to justify. Um, it was really, really hard to justify. Because it was like, it's an exotic, and you're putting down other exotics for what feels like a, a silly, silly, not that great roll. So... So this one is ricochet rounds, uh, tap the trigger, and rampage. Yes. That is what it is. And that's that bother, botheration or whatever it is that you can use in PvP that has crazy range. Uh, do you think they should revisit weapon quest lines like Necrochasm? I really enjoyed getting... Oh, you submitted that question twice. Last question. Baby Cane Boy, what are your thoughts on the Haro's least? Um, I think what you're meaning to say is the Horror's least... Uh, the Horrors Lease is amazing. It is a fan. It is such a nice pulse rifle, but it's in the energy slot. So as soon as you put it on, you can run the Horrors Lease with a full auto Dust Rock Blues, and it feels okay. If I had a really, really strong kinetic, uh, kinetic sniper, it'd be a really, really fun build because because you'd be sitting back a little bit more than with a hand cannon or an auto rifle because you're using a pulse, a fast fire rate pulse, and then you could bust out that sniper for the majors, for the bosses, etc. And I think that would be really cool. That would be a fun build to run. You know, like, running a Horror's Least pulse and then a shotgun does feel kind of weird sometimes because the gaps you're closing feel like maybe a little bit longer, maybe like your effective range engagements you're a little bit further back because it's a pulse rifle. You get a little too close and pulse rifles get a little, not difficult to use, but they're just, they're not quite as strong because you, maybe you're missing shots or you know, maybe the maybe the, the ADS is too, a little bit too close. So you kind of do that thing where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm zooming in too much. And that starts to kind of make it feel funny. But if you could run it with a really strong sniper, that'd be really fun. Because then, again, you could play in a different way and go into content where you're like, well, this is a little bit more drawn back content. Like using a scout rifle in King's Fall versus using a hand cannon in Wrath of the Machine. Different content, different effective ranges, different engagement ranges against the ads. And since you're in those different engagement regions against the ads, you're, you know, you're able to play a little bit differently, use different loadouts. And then it's fun because then you're like, it's worth to go grind for this gun because this kinetic sniper, I'm going to try and get this kinetic sniper to drop with box breathing and triple tap. You know what I'm saying? There you go. That would be pretty nice. So, As always, guys, we're going to continue streaming. I am not shutting down the stream. We're going to go check out the reset stuff and uh, probably do a couple more bounties for... The Festival of Loss. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash Rage. If you're here right now, don't go anywhere. I'm going to keep streaming. But if you're listening to this, I appreciate you listening or watching in the other places. Please like, share, and subscribe.